0: Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk Just loving it. Wow. We had a guy who used to come here. Sometimes I think... He, he used to he used to turn up and, and, I, and I did wonder seriously whether whether he was actually here physically or here in the spirit, but his body was here. That was for sure. A guy by the name of Arthur Burt, and um, I don't know if you've heard of him, but Arthur used to hang around with Smith Wigglesworth, and he lived to a right old age of 101, but on his 100th birthday, he, he was making a declaration that when he'd hit 100, that, that God was going to start pouring out like never before. He was an incredible man of God, and he prophesied this over the bay, that there would be a day where there would be no ebb and flow. And um, your word reminded me of that, that this man of God came. Um, he would just turn up here. He was an incredible man. Leaders from all across the world would seek him out to go and see him. Yet he would come to this place. He would come to this building. He would turn up unannounced. And whenever he came, there was always somebody in. What a faith guy. <laughs> I've done that a few times, but there's never been anybody in. And, um, but there'd be no ebb and flow. What he was saying, there's going to come a time, like you prophesied that this this move of God that's coming and is going to we're so going to be key to that and going to be a part of it and, and I say that without pride I say that because we've positioned ourselves in a place ready to receive what God has for us and, and again you're right there is some whittling down in terms of people who really do understand what it means to be an apostolic people hey. and to go after what we're going after and, and whether that's 120 or whether it's 20, I believe that the remnant, the people that will remain here in this place, that are committed to what God wants to do through the Bay, will be a part of something amazing that not even I've dreamed of, not even I've believed for to that level. But it is much, much bigger than we thought. And it's going to be much more greater than we ever anticipated. The Bible says this, for God so loved the world that he didn't send a committee. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Yet most churches are run by committee. And, and most of you guys who know me know I am massively into shared leadership. But I also believe that there's an order that God has placed on leadership in any church or in any country. Hmm. Whether you like it or not. You see, the great thing about this is uh, me being the senior leader of this place, me being the apostolic leader of this place, you don't even have to like me. But you do have to love me. You do have to love me. And I have to love you. And we fell into things that we begin to lead almost by default of a committee. And that's never how God intended it. I tell you how we lead, we lead by revelation from heaven. And that can come through anybody, but it's led by somebody. <laughs> And, and last week I talked about the importance of fathers in our lives and mothers in our lives, and one or two comments I've had back around. And to be honest with you, I think it's the language. So if I'd said to you, you should have a mentor, or a trainer, or a life coach, because they're big in at the minute, aren't the life coaches? You'd all be going, yeah. But because I use the word father. Last week when I was preaching, it stirred something in the spirit. Cuz when I was preaching, I found the spirit, the atmosphere quite difficult. So some of you might not even know this, might not even picked it up, but when you preach, when I stand at the frontier there are two realms going on. I look at your lovely smiling faces, but there's a there's another dimension going on that's receiving the word. Just like you're receiving the word, It's receiving the Word. And it it was that dimension, not you guys, it was that dimension that I found was really, um, there was a real struggle for the spiritual dimension to receive what was the Word of God. Which is this, Jesus was a son to a father. And he modeled something that we should model. He modeled something out of, out of any way that God could have come and shown himself, he chose to do it in a father-son relationship. That modeled something that the church has to follow. And it modeled it in such a way that we really are comfortable when it comes to modeling that with our father God, but not so comfortable when it comes to modeling that with our Spiritual fathers and mothers. And some people struggle with that. But I said something last week that I think skipped over the lot of years, but it definitely hit the spiritual realm. It's crucial to your holiness. Yeah, amen. Crucial to your holiness. Having a spiritual father or a spiritual mother is crucial to your holiness. What does it look like somebody was asking me, what, what, is, what, what do you look for? You know, do you look for the best mum or dad, the most powerful? And I said, you look for what God has for you. So one of my spiritual dads is a bishop, not because he's a bishop, but because of who he is, he just happens to be a bishop. One of my other spiritual dads who's sitting here today we didn't. I don't think we really set off thirty odd years ago for Peter to be my spiritual dad, but we ended up at that place where he became my spiritual dad. Tell you why? Because he acted like a father towards me. It's in many ways it is important who you have, but it's it's equally important that you have. There are spiritual mums and dads who are rich in spiritual mums and dads in this place. And I said it last week, and I'll repeat it again because it's important that you hear it. You cannot be a dad until you first understand what it is to be a son. We have to get rid of slave mentality and move into sonship, which is a completely different place to live from. It's mirrored right throughout the Bible, and I could preach it, like I'm blue in the face. I believe it with all my heart. And this week is my last week really preaching and this next week I'm going to be, we're going to be preaching and, and some of the core leaders will be doing a bit next week as well on what does it mean for us then as a church as we go forward. And we're going to set that out, we're going to lay that out a bit next week for you guys so you can buy in to what God's doing. I really believe that we have been given, certainly I've been given a blueprint for this region. To see a region changed. And I also believe this. That we're key to that. We will be pioneers in what we set out to do. As an apostolic church. That will bring something into this region. Does that mean any other church is less? Definitely not. You know me well enough to know that that's not what I'm preaching. But I also do believe that God gives churches... (laughs) Ha. stuff to do. <laughs> Remember we read the Apostles' Creed at the beginning. It had words like one, "where well, one, holy. There's a call to holiness. There's a call to holiness. Not legalistic holiness. There's a call to real holiness, which is why spiritual fathers are essential in your life. One, holy, universal, apostolic church. The fathers of old come up with that. a something they dug down into and said, we want to set a standard. It says there's one, holy, universal, apostolic church. And I could take you through church history. I could take you through the early movements and even in the last hundred years where the pastor of the church became... Everything went through the pastor. And it was all about the sheep and the people. But we've moved into a new wineskin church. We really have moved into a new wineskin the new wineskin, churches will be led by apostolic leaders. Amen. It doesn't make any of the other fivefold ministry any less. But God's adjusting stuff. He's putting an order on stuff. So that when the revival comes, when the presence comes, when the tsunami comes, there's a clear order within the church. It's took me a long time to step into some of this stuff. This hasn't come overnight, and it hasn't come easy either. Can you remember in the Old Testament, we talked a little bit last week about Elijah and Elisha and how Elisha wanted the double portion and how he asked Elijah for the double portion, not God, but then God granted that he gets the double portion. So, But the sad thing about Elisha, if you read his life story, I believe he went to the grave carrying that double portion. I, I don't think there, there, there was a guy in the Bible that he'd hooked up with, but it kind of went a little, little wrong. It went a lot wrong. And I, I believe he carried his double portion to the grave. Why do I believe that? Because in the Bible, again, remember there was a story of an Israelite who died and he, they put him in the tomb with Elisha's dead bones. And as soon as he touched the bones, he became alive. Now, as soon as he touched the bones, the dead bones, the dead bones held something of the glory of God, of the, of the blessing of a father. The dead bones held something of the blessing of a father, even though they were dead bones without life. They held something. It's in your Bible. Have a read. They held something that when a dead person touched them, they became alive. They, they in, <laughs> a bone, a dead bone, imparted something into a dead body and caused it to come alive. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. This is the God we worship. And this is the importance, this is the importance of having a father or a mother in the spirit. Because that which was that which was maybe, maybe the best place to get some anointing is the graveyards. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever done it? I've done it. I think I went did it go with you, Peter? We went to Smith Wigglesworth's grave. Oh we were crazy in those days. But yeah, we did a bit of a grave rolling and it was raining and I got wet. It was, yeah, it was a bit mad. It was good. Because Smith Wigglesworth is another guy who didn't really pass on the mantle. You see, I, I, I believe that each and every one of us, not just the giants, each and every one of us has something to pass on. God has placed something within you through His Holy Spirit that can pass, that you can pass on and bless someone else. Amen. Even before you die or taken up in glory. You have something that God has given you to pass on to someone else. Oh, if we only knew. I said last week 200 times Curses are mentioned in the Bible. 600 times blessings are mentioned in the Bible. When will we learn to begin to start blessing stuff? When you bless stuff, it causes life to flow. Bless you, brother. Bless you, sister. You know, the Bible's full of it. First Corinthians, oh, most of the books, they'll start with grace and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. What a way to greet someone, isn't it? Grace and peace to you. Grace and peace to you. Tell your neighbor grace and peace to them. Do something. Just bless them. Grace and peace to you. Come on. Let's, let's begin to understand what it is. Let's begin to understand what it is. Do you know the Apostle Paul as well, while I'm on with the father's mother sings, I'm watching the clock, don't worry. While I'm on with the father and mother things, But you know, Paul understood what it was to be a mum as well as a dad. Because I've said to you, it's not gender specific. I could be a mum just as much as I could be a dad. Have a read in the Bible, Galatians again. Listen what Paul says. He says, my dear children, from whom I gain the birth of, pains of childbirth he's identifying himself now lots of us men know how difficult it is to have children because we've all been there and we all feel the pain it's not true honest it's not true <laughs> let's put my verse up Mark here's my verse for the day let this seep into your spirit So it's the second part of that verse. It says love one another with brotherly affection. And the very last bit says outdo one another in showing honor. So in apostolic people, again, honor is a kind of word where we've heard a lot of. But if you want to interchange the word honor with love, then that's okay. Because it's really difficult if you're loving somebody, not to show them honor. It's incredibly difficult not to do that. But I, we come from a culture that is lacking in what it means to show honor to one another. I remember when I was in, uh, when I was in Brazil, actually, and a pastor was driving me around, going from meeting to meeting. And, and one of the things, when you drove into a garage in Brazil, if you were a pastor, you never got out and put fuel in your car. And i remember the guy coming out and he, he filled the and he and he come to the car and he shook my hand and welcomed me to his country as a pastor there's something about the honor in that culture that was completely different to the honor in this culture there's something that they held. i remember i remember taking a meeting um i took a few meetings but i remember taking a meeting and it it finished at something like 10 o'clock and then the parents in the meeting 10 o'clock at night would go home and get their kids out of bed and bring them for me to pray with them. 10 o'clock at night. And they'd queue till 2 o'clock in the morning. There's something in the, in the culture uh, uh, in, in Brazil where, where the people had got to a place of hunger for God. But also honor for the man or woman of God. They understood what it was. And this, this does not say that any of us can't access that stuff ourselves. But I am just saying to you, there's something in the honor of one another that brings blessing to us. Remember the Bible says that we're to honor our father and our mother. We don't, most of us... Wouldn't have a problem with that. Some of us would, depending on our father and mothers. But again, we think of this from an earthly perspective. What if we suddenly begin to think about that as your spiritual mum or dad? <laughs> Probably each and every one of us in this room had somebody who brought them into the kingdom. <coughs> a very few people who just find God. People are generally led to a place of receiving God. And most of us, are better. if you're beginning to think right now, you can think of a person who helped you on that journey. You see, the person led you to an experience of Jesus. And this is where we've got to learn. And particularly as we begin to grow next year with evangelism. I got into a huge debate online this week about evangelism. Some guy wanted to know how to fill his church. So I tell him this to forget about filling his church and get people to experience the living God. Amen. And then his church will be full. <laughs> it's not about evangelism. It's not about reading a prayer on the back of a card. That never makes you a Christian. It's experiencing God that makes you a Christian. <laughs> wow. we, have, we, are to, we are to honor the authorities. Some of us don't like this. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. There is no authority, listen to this, except what God has established. The authorities that exist are existed by God. Given to everyone to own. Wow. So if you owe taxes, pay taxes. If you owe revenue, pay revenue. If you owe respect, pay respect. And if you owe honour, then honour. We're supposed to honor the governing authorities. Now this is a really tricky one, isn't it? Because I've only got to mention Donald Trump and half this place will be up in arms. Where can we bring honour to someone that we feel doesn't deserve honour? Can we separate honour from the person? <laughs> There's some good questions in this. You see, you're even supposed to honor your boss. Even if you think you can do a better job than they can, you're still supposed to honor them. Because they're your boss. It's in the Bible. It's amazing. It's amazing, the Bible. It's in the Bible. Before you can learn what it is to be over somebody, You must learn what it is to be under somebody. (laughs) We're to honor our church leaders. You know this church has got the biggest leadership team that it's ever had? Ever? But there are people in function within this church. And we're supposed to honor them. Actually, the Bible says in 1 Timothy 5 that the elder who is to direct the affairs of the church is well worthy of double honor, especially those who preach and teach. Wow. You see, when you show honor to someone, when you show honor to those who lead you spiritually, I guarantee you they will take their job of leadership very seriously through the honor that you express to them. Since most of us have not been raised in a culture of honor, but many of us have been raised in a culture of dishonor, how do we grow honor, true honor? What does it look like to outdo one another in honor? (laughs) so it's simple really to take that verse to heart we have to show honour we have to outdo one another by showing honour it means that we have to demonstrate honour you see I can honour you in my head but that doesn't mean a jot does it and actually I believe honour starts in the heart before it ever gets to your mouth because there's a lot of false honor around. Where people use position of hierarchy or positions that feel that they deserve honor because of a position or a role they have. And even if they're in that role, sometimes people can give honor because of that role rather than a heart expression. But I tell you now, if the queen walked in this door, each of us would treat her completely differently. Because of the position she holds. It's important that honor comes from the heart. It's important that honor also costs you something. (laughs) Ah. Ah. There are people in this church who are serving us on a daily basis. Encourage them. Whether they're making you a cup of tea, whether they're welcome door at the back, whether it's the wider leadership, core leadership, encourage them. Honor them. Occasionally thank them. You'll make them better leaders by doing that. You'll make them better leaders. But don't do it out of a sense of duty. You might even have to force yourself Because some of them might not deserve honor. Outdo one another. So I'm going to finish by kind of just talking a little bit about false honor. How do you tell the difference between a fake 20 pound note and a real one? Well, you compare the fake to the real. There's always a difference, isn't there? (laughs) Nobody's ever made the perfect fake yet there's always a difference. You compare the fake to the real. One of the biggest things that around honor for me is, is I think it, that there's, a, there's an aspect that's not godly around honor, and some of that is around um, flattery. <laughs> And some of that is around what I call soft honor. Um, you know, when somebody says to you, um, what church do you go to? I go to the Bay. Um, oh, the beer. Yeah, yeah. You, I know you're Pastor Alan. And you go, yeah. You know, dishonoring, but there's a, there's a soft honor there, isn't there? There's something behind that. There's something behind that. And, and I, think, I think flattery as well is another big thing. I mean, one of the, believe it or not, one of the, some of the biggest spiritual struggles I have is with the Jezebel spirit. Because as a leader, as a leader of, of this church, as the leader of this church, and as a leader of stuff going across the, the, the region, and then stuff going across the nation. People will see you as a target to try and manipulate and control to affect things. Do you know why I learned the most about this when I was a prison chaplain? Ask Alex, he'll tell you. It's called grooming. And people will try to manipulate and use you with a false honor to bring about some change that they're looking for. took me a lot of years to learn this. A lot of years. And I can tell you there are people in a bygone age have left this church because I've challenged their Jezebel spirit. And what I've learned from that is I will challenge it much quicker these days. I recognize it. I know it for what it is. And I'll challenge it. So yes, please come and tell me, thank you, that was a great preach, if you mean it. And if you don't, keep stum. Jesus, the Bible says Jesus was the cornerstone. So I just want to finish with this, just put a bit of safeguarding in here. Jesus is the cornerstone. We, we think of a cornerstone with a little bit on the wall, with a little bit of pulley thing and somebody opens it and it's got a plaque on. And in biblical days, the cornerstone was the crucial stone to the whole building. So whatever position, whatever authority we're carrying, whatever honor we are gaining from that place of authority, the cornerstone of the whole building is Jesus. Everything fits into that cornerstone. You see, the cornerstone was chosen. It had to be a certain thing. It was chosen. It was selected. And then it says that the apostles and prophets... The foundations were built upon the apostles and the prophets. But Jesus was the cornerstone and everything that's raised up from that cornerstone is completely reliant and dependent upon Jesus, the cornerstone. And leaders can get into a place of hierarchy. Leaders can get into a place of being puffed up. I've been there. I've been to the meetings. I've been to... Churches where the leader gets on the platform and there's, you know, the people all stand up and cheer. And that's a great thing. If it's it's from the heart, it's a great thing. But if you get into a pattern just because it's the thing to do, then the leader starts getting puffed up. (laughs) To a place that sometimes can be dangerous. And actually sometimes is not helpful for them. It's important, much more important that we understand what it is to give honor or love to one another. Because I tell you now, that will be, it's a bit, if you didn't have skin on your body, all your internal organs would fall out, wouldn't it? Love across the church holds it together. And holds everything in its right place. And we have to learn what it is to bring a culture of honor in this place and in this region to all. But it has to be done from a place of love and from a heart attitude. Not false. Not false. And, and we have people, I believe, who are championing this. People who have got it, who understand it, and are beginning to champion this stuff. Don't make claims. Just love people really well in relationship. Outdo one another by showing honor. Outdo each other. Honor is an expression of love from the heart. Honor and love walk hand in hand. It is better to give and to receive. We live in a kingdom of God that is completely different to the world system and the world structure. And I believe Jesus knew what it was to be honored. And none of us would have a problem with going, we honor God and we honor Jesus. But do you honor God and do you honor Jesus in the person sitting next to you? Because if you don't, you've got a problem. They don't deserve honor. Well, neither do you. Why should I love them? Because you should. (laughs) It's not difficult. It really isn't difficult, church. There's an expression of love that God is driving through us. Because you've got something for the person next to you. And I've emphasized this week on week and, and, and this is going to be the, really the last week on this. We're going to talk a little bit next week around where we're going. But to leave you with this across this whole apostolic message is this. That the true apostle is a, is a person who operates from grace and has your best interest at heart. Not interested in building their empire but interested in building the kingdom of God and operates from a place of grace and love for those they serve. And if any apostle who stands up and claims to be an apostle is not carrying that, question it. Because that's not how God intended it to be. God is restoring the apostles to the church. I know He is. He's restored the prophets and He's restoring the apostles. And I can tell you they're coming into a season where the apostles and the prophets will be leading more and more churches across this region and across this nation and indeed across the world. Some have already hooked into this. Some have already seen the wineskin. They've already stepped into it and they know it. And each of us are a bit twitchy when it comes to a person holding a level of authority that might affect them. But the more honor we show that person, the better we make them. (laughs) The better we make them. So I want to encourage you to do that with each other. I want to encourage you to show honor to each other, to show love and respect to each other, to, to, to see others, as the Bible says, better than you see yourselves. And what does it say after that? It says you to do it out of reverence for Christ. Out of reverence for Christ, not legalistic, but because of what God has done for you, because of the grace He's shown you, you show grace to others. Okay, I'm going to hand back over to Laura. Thank you, guys.